happened? What? This is so nuts. I don't understand it at all. I really don't get it. Hi, guys. Hi. What time is this call? It's supposed to be at 12.15, but I couldn't log in until just now. Me too. But then when I, but then it said one o'clock at some point, somewhere. So, and, and, the, and the, the, um, the reminder came at 1045 and said that the call was in two hours. That would be 1245. So I, it's very confusing, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. I think these reminder emails may be manually generated and things can happen. So do we believe the hi? Do we believe the, what's on the class page? That's the real one? No, that doesn't work either. I just tried to go through that way. The oh. only way I could get on here was to open Zoom and put the uh, number. That's what I did too. It said something about email said something about the, um, I guess the host had, hadn't started it yet. I'm not really sure. If this is supposed to be 1220, 12.15, correct? Yeah, everybody else I'm sure has just spent um, the same as I did, 10 minutes trying to get in. Oh, um, I'm so glad it's not just me because- No, ma'am, it's not. Today something <laughs> is, is wrong. There's Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was having problems too. I'm glad I'm not the only one. That was weird. That was weird. Who's, uh, this is a beautiful picture of mountains and snow. Where did, That's who's, me. Yeah. I don't know. How, I'm it's so bad me. with this. Do I just it's click on stop share? Is that yeah, what I think sharing. I did last time? Perfect. Oh, there we go. Thanks. For okay, sure. thank you. Thank you for sharing. I liked that. It was beautiful. Mm. <laughs> Oh right. my goodness! That's the way things are here in the East hi, this way uh, this year. It's it's hi 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 hi. Got here. <laughs> Claire, did you have trouble getting on? As the rest of us did. Yeah, Ronnie and I were in the year one call for a few minutes. <laughs> oh okay. I was just like I was trying back and forth. How did I, you finally get on? I just waited a few minutes. My daughter came in. We had a conversation, and I thought I'll try again. And, and then, then okay, so it's working now. All right, good. Someone must have changed something. I don't know. So the year it, one it, has their call overlapping with our call? Is that it, it, they usually finish, I think, fifteen minutes before. But, oh. maybe, I, but when maybe I first on. when I first tried to get on, it said there was another meeting in progress. That's what yes. mine said too. Right. Yeah, too. Right. So I I tell you, between my untechiness and my insecurity with all this stuff i was like worrying about it i was like oh maybe i'm not meant to do this and you know be here and because i was just like really frustrated so i'm very glad i'm here <sighs> yes Let's start with a prayer yeah 
Would anybody like to pray this morning, this afternoon? I'll pray. Great. Because I am grateful. <laughs> I'm so, we are so grateful to be able to be together. Um, we're grateful that whatever confusion, um, disconnects, challenges have been overcome and that we can be together today. We just offer this time up with joy and thanksgiving, with grateful hearts that we can share openly, love one another, accept each other, listen to each other, and be better for it afterwards to be asking really for the highest and best for each of us through this meeting. We thank you, Spirit, that you're with us. Thank you, angels, that you're ministering to us. And we're just grateful for this time. We share it together for the benefit of all. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carol. I love you guys. Nice to see you, Sandy. I don't know if I've seen you in a while. Thank you, Tracy. It's nice to be here. I'm thinking about I it. was traveling in, um, I was over in London on business and the time zone difference just prevented me from doing anything. Classes were, oh, you know, it was a bedtime for me and I was um, experiencing the, the tiredness. So it's good to be here. <laughs> Thought it was that, not something else. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll continue on that because I've, this seems like once again, <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm so behind, so behind, you know, my intention coming in to this year was to, you know, participate in both year one and year two and you know, things like the travel and work get in the way. Work gets in the way of my spiritual life. <laughs> Funny yeah. thing. About that. That's hard. That's hard. You know, but, um, so, but I'm here and I'm glad to be here. And it's good to see everybody. I'm having that challenge Sunday with. But the other way around, well, kind of the other way around, but I'm for for weeks now, I've had this horrible feeling about my work that I'm so behind, that I'm so overwhelmed, that it's so like I'm constantly playing catch up. So I've been trying to apply the practices to to work, which I didn't do really at all last year. It was all last year and last for living one for me, it was all about relationship. And I realized and this, I think one of the things I I have to do this year is I really apply that to my <clears throat> my work so I've got an office job and um, last week so I've, I've been thinking maybe it's you know an aspect of lack thinking you know that like I don't have enough time I don't have enough help there aren't enough people to do the work that kind of thing so I've been trying to you know just 
hand that over when it comes up. And then uh, in the middle of last week, I had to laugh because the, the idea popped into my head to do Ho'oponopono on my inbox, on my email <laughs> inbox. <laughs> and it was just so wonderful because it just made me laugh. I was walking to work and I was like, okay, so, so I'm thinking like, how can I apply what we're doing in the class that I've done in relationships last year to my working life? And I, I just like, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know, someone, the spirit told me, Ho'oponopono on your inbox. As soon as you open up your inbox, just, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, please forgive me. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. And it was just, it was great. I mean, nothing really changed in the work that I had to do, but that made me so kind of feel so lighthearted about it because it just made me smile that it made my day a lot better. <laughs> so I don't know. I just wanted to share that. And it's kind of like the inverse of yours, right? You're feeling behind in your spiritual practice. Um, I'm also feeling behind, but, you know, trying to hand, hand that over. Just. But, you know, well, thanks for sharing that because I'm also feeling behind and overworked whelmed in my work mm. and as you were talking I thought about something that I've heard I, I don't know if it's in the course because I'm not really a course student but something about how how I do one thing in my life is how I do everything in my life oh, yeah. does that resonate with anybody I, I don't know where that it, came from I, I'd heard that too Sandy and I tried to track it down through the course but nobody heard I think it may have come from Brene Brown okay oh okay right right yeah. right yep no she her. was like she was sort of saying I'm sorry to tell you but the way you do one thing is the way you do everything sort of a is that a course person Bre Brene mm, Brown I don't Brene think Brown. so you can no, I well, I'm not really sure. She's a social scientist and she um yeah. you can get her on Audible and she's just really she's funny and she's uh, she talks a lot about um being vulnerable to mm. be that if you can't be vulnerable you can't find your true self kind of thing. So that's what what I liked about her. Mm. Yeah, I've seen interviews with her on Oprah. Oprah's Super Soul Sunday used to be so hooked into that. I loved it until <laughs> until I found Jennifer and our classes. So, um, yeah, but she's she's wonderful. She really is very good, and she's done TED talks too. If mm -hmm. you're aware of that, I have never tuned into TED talks, but. They sound very impressive to me, and um, a lot of people are into that, and I know Brene Brown has done that. Yeah, when I started listening to her, her, it, her voice as well is, um, I, I couldn't get enough of just listening to her. I went through just about everything she had, and I was always disappointed when somebody was reading her books that she had written, and sometimes she they would have her live doing her um talking about her material. So everything's from research. That's what makes her so interesting is that um, she didn't want a lot of it to be true, but her research suggested things to her. Um, and then she had a breakdown because of it, which then she went to counseling and they decided that her breakdown slash um, was an awakening. So then she had to, she had to come to terms with things. And, um, you know, I just, I, it, I do struggle. I struggle a lot with this concept of vulnerability and being real and 
true to yourself and belonging rather than fitting in. And, you know, these are big concepts for me. And I, I struggle with it. Even in this group, I struggle. I don't, I, I find myself always questioning what I say, what I think, do I buy it? Do I talk? You know, what's, I, I can't quite, I, I feel like I'm floating. Um, I haven't quite found something. I don't know how to describe it to you all, but it's, you know, I definitely want to be my real self. And I think at the same time, my ego wants to be its real self. And I think there might be a clash there. <laughs> and sometimes I get confused between the two. Yeah. I think that's a part of our journey, all of us. That's what we're all doing. We're all seeking our truth for who we are, our reality, what isn't reality what is reality and the, the differences. And, and so we're making that switch, you know, from the old way of thinking in the old world, I guess, that we lived in. Now we're seeing such change and a whole new understanding of how we fit into our life. And, you know, it's, it's a journey and, and there, it's not easy. It just isn't. It really is, but it's worth it, and we're together in it, and we can help each other, and really, that's that's like a treasure. It's speaking wonderful. Of, speaking of spiritual life, and ooh, my voice sounds really strange. What is that? Does anybody hear that? It sounds like a some no. evil evil twin no. is talking at this. Yeah. Is it an echo? It's uh, an echo. I don't know. It sounded like some growly, otherworldly thing. Oh, my. <laughs> well, while you're not speaking, if you could mute, I think that might oh, okay. possibly help. If right, right. So um, I, at my work, um, to pick up on that subject of work versus spiritual life, um, for, some, for many years, we've studied um, how to make the workplace better, and that, uh, you know, we, for some of us, that is a spiritual conversation. We believe it to be a spiritual conversation. Uh, and then I started doing this real spiritual work. And for a while, it seemed like the two were the same. I was really challenged this week because um, several of us have reached, I don't know, higher ground. I'm not even sure at this point if I would call it higher ground or lower ground. But we do a lot of the personality assessments. And then I help write the curriculum to teach and about, um, you know, we don't call it spirituality in the workplace, but it's, it's supposed to have that effect of having you look within. And um, if you're a manager or a leader, you know, treating people, like doing your own work, um, not just lashing out at your employees. So it has some implications along those lines. But here lately, you know, there's been this, it really, I don't really like it. It's, it's almost a them or us thing that's popped up. I, I test in the group who are called intuitives and most people test in the group that are called sensory. And so it's, it's, you know, and the, my boss who is, does all this study, he's certified in this cure seed stuff and, and he's gotten it. There are times when I feel like we've really separated them and us. And I, I really left this week, this work week and, and I, and I manage a girl who's, them you know along this line of thinking she's them and I'm gonna you know and it's kind of been sort of well she's not like us you know she's probably gonna probably end up having to get rid of her and, and I and that part of me that wants to help move her up and move her along I'm just 
you know, and I'm, it, it's so confusing to me at this point um, because there are things that she won't let go of. I mean, she absolutely, she has a, almost a hatred for someone in another department who is a, who's out of the reach of us. She's a, we share duties across a city organization. So we have a state treasurer and then we're um, the city part. So the state treasurer has powers that, you know, nobody can really correct her. She's an elected official, but she, she, she holds her line very firmly. And this other girl who I have come into management just for less than a year now, she is, um, she feels very attacked by this other lady. So the, the work that we're trying to do to f so-called fix things, I mean, she just, she can't get out of that place of hatred and blaming. And so now I don't, I'm so uncomfortable with this them or, you know, just my boss is saying, just let it be, you know, let, she's not in the place to learn and listen, just let it go down, let it happen. You just hold the process and it just feels wrong. It just feels wrong. Anybody have any suggestions for how to, maybe in your personal life, I know, um, um, Claire, you were talking about doing a lot of relationship work last year. So what do you do with, because this is just work relationship is all this is. What do you do with people that you don't want to think of them as them, but you know they're not doing the same thing you are, maybe not even capable of it? What, do you, what would be a good way to think about that? Um, so I feel like I've... I have one relationship at work, which was really challenging <clears throat> and I really couldn't see. <laughs> uh, how, how can I describe this? This person used to be my boss and I just found her such a challenging personality. She just rubbed me the wrong way. Right. And last year I've, um, I feel like I made loads of progress because I used to go in and, and see her every day. And I decided that every day when I saw her, I would, I would, I, this is the whole Pono, Pono came in as well. I would say that to her silently in my mind and I would send her love, even though my ego was saying she annoys me so much. I, you know, I, I managed to say, no, oh no, I am sending her love. She's my teacher. You know, I am grateful for her and I am going to see God in her. And I just kept doing that with this particular person. But, but I have to say, I feel like I have slipped back on that because this week, this past week, um, she's been working from home uh, so I, I haven't actually seen her and I think that's partly something to do with it because I think I have um, I get messages from her and my ego immediately goes into oh no what does she want now oh and she, she has a particular way of um, relating to people which I find quite aggressive and I, I don't like it <clears throat> so I think when it's when someone is coming through messages or through written word it's easy to <clears throat> it's easier to kind of demonize her it's easier for me to kind of demonize her and forget to that she's to see her in spirit um, um i suppose i'm just judging myself for doing that this week before i answer your question but that's what i did with her and i i found that really helpful and what I've been doing for the last couple of weeks was, <clears throat> was in, Jennifer answered an answer to a question um, in Sacred Circle and she said, why don't you try using the violet flame, which I never tried last year. I found it very difficult. I didn't really understand the violet flame when we did it in class last year. 
<clears throat> but I thought I would give it another go and and I didn't know how to start. So this was in another issue with my my partner's children. And every time it came into my head, I started just, you know, I, I don't know, Jennifer said in that class last year, this, just to repeat the words, um, violet flame, violet flame, violet flame, and to imagine the violet light saturating everything and the people. And I've been doing that for the past two weeks and I find that very helpful just to take you out of that ego, <clears throat> those ego thoughts about it and just to bring you back brings me back into my heart and to remember the, the true desire of my heart is to be grateful, be grateful for this person or situation, for what they have to teach me and to know that all is well. Um, I think that that is what the violet flame is doing for me at the moment. I don't really understand how it's working, but I know that as soon as I remember to do that, I feel more, feel more peaceful about the whole situation and the person. It's almost like just inviting spirit in to the whole situation. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And I think Ho'oponopono does the same thing. It's like a, it's like a, re, it's like a, um, a reboot of your thinking. You just catch yourself and you say, oh no, wait, this is not the path I want to go down. I want to do this instead. I hope that's helpful. I think that was a very mixed up. Um, description or <laughs> that was an excellent description and um, it's making me question why I've never tried it at work before I've sent it to like city government in general and governments around the world but not um, not around the them or us concept and, and there is you know we spend a lot of time talking about <clears throat> understanding the them or us and 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 not to pretend it's not real because that it can affect people's self-esteem. If you try, like if there's a person whose sensory personality and their self-esteem is hooked into being helpful and you don't allow them to be helpful, or in my case, mine's hooked into, believe it or not, being authentic and benevolent and that kind of thing. So if I'm not allowed to do that and I don't do well with lists, the other kind of personality might prefer less. So to know that to uh, maybe I need to honor what's true, the differences, and then the violet flame would be for maybe what connects us to find the connection points. Um, and to, you know, it's just, it's frustrating to me because I, if I could just talk to her and say, here are some things that would help you, but you could see I, there's, there's no, there's no saying it. There's no, she gets that deer in the headlights look. And then I know it's more harmful for her than it is helpful. And it's making her feel judged and confused. So I know I can't say anything. So I'll try that. Thank you, Claire. Sounds like an amazing reflection in your work. Like that, what you're experiencing with trying to work out about the separation and the oneness. It's just a complete reflection of what you're doing in your spiritual life. I, I, I think they've crossed over. Um, I realized that this week that it just spiritual and work have become one, which is fine because that was sort of the intent. But the, the main person I work with, um, he is a Course in Miracles student, but he doesn't, he finds a lot of fault with, or a lot of things that he'll say, well, this isn't, this isn't pure, this isn't true. You know, he's sort of picky, I guess would be a good way to describe him. So he would never do anything like this that I'm doing. And I, I don't feel like we have a good way to 
be for, you know, I did challenge him. I said, what is, what do you think the place of miracle mindedness is for us as we do this work? And um, we didn't get very far with that. So. <laughs> Some of the things that have helped me in the work with work so, uh, and with relationships is to say, let it begin with me. And to ask spirit, spirit, should I speak? If so, what should I say and how should I say it? And then just be silent until I'm prompted by spirit to speak to someone. I had a situation where I was on a board and um, a person who'd been part of the organization for a really long time, but no longer on the board and hadn't been for some time, steps in and wanted to work on the website that we were, that the, the current board had decided we're, we're going to do a website now. And he just came in and he just took over. And that really rubbed me the wrong way because I wanted to do the website and I'm on the board. I mean, the ego really was there and he, he really was uh, nasty to me from the get go. I mean, I first time I walked in the room and he was there, he just acted like I didn't even exist. So that was, he was just pushing all kinds of buttons with me. And I started thinking, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to get him off this project? Should I go straight to the board and get them to agree with me to kick him off the project? <laughs> Should I just go straight to him and let him have it? And so I was like, I'd ask Spirit, and I'd say, so which one is it, Spirit? Should I go straight to the board and get him kicked off, or should I just go face him myself? <laughs> I kept waiting for Spirit to give me one of those answers. And it didn't come, and it didn't come. And I had to make a decision. I mean, we were getting ready to meet to do the website, another meeting on the website. And it was like, I wanted this resolved by the time I needed to answer that email to say if I was going to be at that meeting or not. And I just remember sitting there that morning having to respond to the email if I was going to be there or not. And it's like, okay, Spirit, you haven't given me which one I'm supposed to do. So I guess I'm going to do nothing, nothing. So I emailed and said that uh, I, would not I was not going to participate in this project. And it, it wasn't a nasty email. It wasn't like I'm not doing it because of so-and-so. I just said I'm, I'm just not going to participate. And so therefore I won't be at the meeting. Because there was lots of there's lots of other things to do on the board. And so after I did that, I realized... <laughs> <laughs> the spirit did tell me what showed me what to do and it was do nothing and from that moment on that relationship between him and I totally changed I mean there it became very comfortable and peaceful and harmonious because there was a, uh, he also did uh, our newsletter so he would send the newsletter to us for approval or end input and I always responded with, it looks great. Um, and he actually ended up coming back and apologizing to me in an email for how he treated me. And it just was so amazing that when I stepped out of the picture 
and just turned it over to spirit, how the relationship completely changed. And uh, the other thing is, is bringing spirit into the work and asking spirit to help do the work. And I, I think I've shared this example uh, before, but I went to a client's office and he wanted me to do his budget for the year. And I did his budget last year and I remembered for 2017, so this would have been in 2016, late in the year, it took me forever. I spent a lot of time on it. And so when he asked me to do it again and I came in, uh, I realized I only had three hours to put his budget together. And I, it was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this in three hours. In fact, I was kind of at a loss to really where to start. And then that panic feeling about how am I going to get this done in three hours was, was creeping up in me. And, you know, I just stopped for a moment. And while I'm sitting at the desk and asked spirit to help me work through this. And it was really amazing what happened because I had that budget done within three hours. I was done with it. And it just flowed. It just flowed. I didn't even have to really, it didn't even feel like I was thinking about where to start, how to do it, whatever. But it just flowed. The whole process flowed. It just so came together. And what I learned from that is that no matter what I'm doing, whether it's work-related or whatever project I'm working on, if I first invite spirit in to help me, to guide me, uh, I find that uh, I have the time, that I have time to do everything spirit is part of. And I've, I've used that many, many times, and I, it, it really, really works, asking spirit to be part of whatever I'm doing. That is beautiful. Thank you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna apply that. Thank you, Ronnie. Yeah, I, you, I'm kind of flabbergasted. I'm thinking, why don't I do that? And I think, I wonder if I'm just not too ego self-sufficient still, you know, to to take the pause to ask that. So I'll have to, maybe that's why I'm feeling like ego is trying to get its authentic self and um, so is spirit. And there's a little conflict there, it feels like. Thank you. Thanks for pointing that out. Oops. I was just reading about that this morning in The Course in Miracles too. Chapter nine, the correction of error. And Ronnie, that's what it said to do, is just to give it up to the air, uh, to the, just give it up. And, um, and it actually says to acknowledge the errors in the other person. And um, so when you correct a brother, you're telling me he is wrong. He may be making no sense at all. And it is certain that if he is speaking from the ego, he will be making no sense. But your task is still to tell him he is right. You do not tell him this verbally if he is speaking foolishly because he needs correction at another level. Since his error is at another level, he is still right because he is a son of God. His ego is always wrong no matter what he says or does, the ego. 
And then it just moves on into what Ronnie said. You just, you lift it up, it tells you how to do it. Um, and, uh, and then it, because you're moving into the spirit and backing away from the ego. So, but it is chapter nine. And um, it was difficult for me to read because it was just like, how? How do you tell somebody he's right? And how do you support somebody that looks so foolish? But we're working, we're walking into the spiritual dimension. Therefore, spirit can then make the shift. Because it says, if you see error in your brother, you're seeing error in yourself. If you see love in your brother, you're going to see love in yourself. And this is something I've been working on with my judgments because my judgments are, well, I went to see my brother and we talked about what to do with the land and he wants to move into the house and I could just see my ego self totally wanting to say he's not moving into the house, he's wrong, he's this, he's that. So as I was reading this, that's what I was going through. So there is that. Yes, I like the spiritual side. So just to make sure, I'll have to go and, and read that, but did I hear you say that you, as you give it over to spirit, knowing that there's an error and taking your responsibility that, oh, if you see their error, then there's an error for you too. So you hand it over to spirit, but you do correct the error, which is on the physical level, which would be, I guess, the same as ego level. But no, but you keep in your heart or your mind that they are right because they're a son of God. So that it's kind of a non-judgmental, but you speak the truth. So how would that how would that play out with if you had had that discussion with your brother? What would you, what could you have said to him? Um, I am still working on it, Dina. <laughs> but um, it talks about atonement. Atonement is for all because it is the way to undo the belief that anything is for you alone. To forgive is to overlook. Look then beyond error and do not let your perception rest upon it, for you will believe what your perception holds. Accept as true only what your brother is, if you would know yourself. Perceive what he is not, and you cannot know what you are, because you see him falsely. Remember always that your identity is shared and that its sharing is its reality. You have a part to play in atonement, but the plan of the atonement is beyond you. You do not know how to overlook errors or you would not make them. It would merely be further error to think either that you do not make them or that you can correct them without a guide to correction. And if you do not follow this guide, your errors will not be corrected. The plan is not yours because of your limited ideas about what you are, but this limitation is where all errors arise. The way to undo them is therefore not of you, but for you. Yes. Well, I'm thinking as you're asking that question. Yeah, I, this is where ego has such a force that it plays because if the ego is unreal and all my experiences with my brother is unreal, the ego is our mind. And spirit can do anything and make all miracles if we ask. 
then I think the next step, Dina, is to really leave it on the altar and ask for the opening to love with the brother and not the fear of if he takes over this house, he is going to be, you know, to, to see my life with him as a chess game and that he's going to win and I'm going to lose. That's what I see is that spirit, if I do the spiritual practice, it's not to go and tell him he's up in the night. And, and it's not for me to say he's going to um, be, he's not going to be cooperative. Because when I presence, he's not going to be cooperative. It's saying that I'm presencing, I'm not cooperative. And so if I ask for cooperation and for love in this situation, then I don't have to go in and fix it. And I don't have to give him a phone call saying, you ain't doing it. You're wrong. I just have to say, spirit, guide me. So that when I do deal with him, then I deal with him in a respect of knowing that it all will work out for all. In fact, all of us in the world. So I feel like as I'm reading The Course of Miracles and experiencing my own life controlling with the ego, I know that it's with spirit, it's going to work out beautifully. So I'm just, I have to open my heart instead of my fears. But boy, for two days I was on in until I read this, but I was reading this thinking, how do you do that? How do you? How do you get what you want and protect your soul and yourself, so to speak, and my inheritance? And, and then it's like, wait, spirit, spiritual world says there's atonement for my brother. There's atonement for me. There's atonement for you. There's atonement, Dina, at your job. So instead of thinking this has to be fixed immediately, we now say, I ask for everyone involved to have a fulfilled um, experience with this, that each one of us will have what we need in this situation. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. What do you think, Dina? Yep. Um, I think that, I don't know why I had to end up having the spiritual job crossover thing. <laughs> it's really tough because I'm thinking of this girl. My boss just laid it out for me Friday that um, he was not going to bring back a facet that was taken away from her and given to this treasurer. So for her, it's a matter of pride. It's a matter of anger. It's all kinds of things. But it could come back and she as we switch software programs. So she, she feels like, well, if you guys won't bring it back, that means I'm bad. You don't think I'm good enough to handle it. And to give her all the intricacies are, is too much for her right now. Um, they're kind of on a, you'd have to understand, uh, she'd have to put some things down and be open to learning, be willing to learning things. And I don't believe she's willing right now. So yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm super challenged. Carol, I think you're in mute. Go ahead, Claire. I, I think Carol's speaking. No, um, I just, 
I'm just, it's, that sounds very simplistic, but this sounds as if um, we have to give the heavy lifting. This is all heavy lifting. And sweetheart, we're not capable. We are none of us capable of that. So, in, you know, just simply give it over to spirit, the whole deal, the lady's heart and mind and attitude and whatever, and your heart, mind and attitude, and just allow, just say, I'm willing to, to pray for the highest and best and let spirit do the heavy lifting in this situation. You know what, you know what I just realized, what I just realized from what, um, Lori had read about where you're seeing something about your, the error in yourself you're seeing in the other. I'm not willing to give it over. Thereby, she's not willing. So that's maybe that's where the correction begins. Thank you. Thank you for the insight. Yay. We'll see what happens. What I find, go ahead, Tracy. I just wanted to say, too, kind of going back to some of the typings that, you know, the personality type testing and stuff that your office is using to be helpful is just to be really aware of the limitations of those, that they can be helpful, but most of them are generated from the ego-based thought system. And so us and them is false, right? I mean, and anything that emphasizes that is, is not helpful. But maybe it can help us to some degree. So, I mean, I think that it sounds like you're holding an awareness of that to some extent. But it can get confusing because people can get so emphatic about it. Oh, well, you're this type and you're that type. And this type means this and this and this. And this type means this and this and this. And, well, that's very artificial. And it's, it's never that clear. I mean, you know, one person likes lists and the other person, well... To some extent, yes. But so anyway, just to be aware, I think that's our humanity wanting to organize everybody and categorize everybody. And um, but but spirit, I think that's why the violet flame is so helpful to you there because that overcomes all of that minutia and that kind of ego-based perspective. So to be aware, some yeah. of it's helpful and some of it's not. And um, it sounds like it's feeling divisive because it's created an us them mentality and uh, violet flame can overcome that. <laughs> and uh, so I, I just, um, you know, as, yeah. as a therapist, having studied a lot of these theories, this is part of why I've become disillusioned with a lot of it. It's because it, it, a lot of it comes from a worldview that's totally different from, from we're perfect, whole and complete and one with God. It's diametrically opposed a lot of the underlying beliefs. And that's why you end up with things that are helpful to some extent. And then on the other hand, they reinforce division. Yeah, that's what I think may have happened. And um, he's a he's a brilliant man and a, you know, a, a very spiritual person mm-hmm. and sought for a, um, I guess you might call a system to help understand and help others who might not be spiritual spiritual minded in the workplace to come to some ability and in doing all that over the years for him he thinks that he's seen that people that are have into have the intuitive quality versus the people that have the sensory quality that one is almost like a like unable the sensory is unable to be intuitive depending on where you fall on the scale and um, 
he keeps showing me evidence of that, which isn't surprising, is it? <laughs> and, and just to remember too, I don't know if you know this, Dana, probably most of you do, but maybe not, that the whole origin of A Course in Miracles when it was written came out of um, Bill and Helen's relationship at a school of the university, uh, a, a university, and they were in a department where there was a lot of conflict and relational discord, and it was very distressing to them. And Bill just came to a conclusion that there must be a better way and he was going to find it. And he kind of announced that to Helen, you know, like I'm fed up and there's got to be a better way. And Helen said, okay, I'll join you in finding it. And that's when the dictation of A Course in Miracles, and I mean, it started after that. So it was, it was born out of trying to find answers to exactly these kinds of human relationship dilemmas. Tracy, did you, yeah. did you know that they both um, studied personality development? Mm -hmm. I thought that really, when I read that, somebody posted that recently and I read that and I just couldn't believe it. So Helen actually, they said, would prefer to have been known for the work she did as I think as a statistician studying personality development. Whereas yeah, they were both, they were both professors at a university in the area of psychology and mm -hmm. yeah. No. So that's where, that's where I started. That gave me a little, actually a giggle when I read it. Cause I thought, Oh, well then maybe they had some of the same challenges I'm going through, but it can be very confusing. Um, um, I feel like, I feel like I've got a lot to, I just hand it over. That's I'm handing it over. I'm making the announcement. I'm handing it over. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. You had mentioned about what to say. And I was thinking how, what has always worked for me is whenever I'm getting ready to go into a situation and deal with someone, it's always let it begin with me turning it over asking spirit should i speak if so what should i say and how should i say it and it is it is never ceases to amaze me the words that come out of my mouth because what happens is yes i've stepped into spirit and it's spirit talking through me spirit always has the right words no matter where that other person might be stuck or upset angry whatever as long as I'm coming from a place of spirit and have turned that over, it just works every time, every time. Yes, I can second that, Ronnie. had that, also had that experience. <clears throat> but very intensively asking for this difficult conversation, asking angels to surround us all, asking spirit to the people that were there. And I found myself saying things that I did not expect to say would not have considered was completely against by the when I entered the conversation but by that time I just felt completely right and I've uh, not regretted it um, and things have just kept developing through that um, since that decision uh, and but it was I, don't, I did, do not feel like it was my decision that was definitely higher power coming through because I was open to it. 
Um, so yeah, I just wanted to support that. That's a, that was a completely real experience for me. Mm -hmm. And to stay in the present moment and to give your undivided attention to the person that you're, you're, who's talking to you. And not, uh, for me, not to think about what I'm going to, what am I going to say next? You know, I'm, as soon as they're quiet, I'm going to jump in there and I'm going to say this, 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 and this. No, to be totally present and listen to them and let them know that you are there for them, that you're listening, you're present. And it is powerful. It can be very, very powerful. Yeah. So you guys do have heard of Katie Byron, you know, the turnaround, the, the letter, the forgiveness letter turnaround. And my prayer partner and I, this week, I had a concern and I was upset about being corrected. I really have a hard time when I'm talking. Um, if I hesitate, I have a hard time when people finish my sentence for me. And um, that was happening uh, that day. And so when I talked to my prayer partner, I was mad. I was mad. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Well, he had me do the turnaround with Byron Katie. And <laughs> well, at first I wrote and wrote and wrote and I didn't see anything. And then I got a turnaround where, where I was the one not listening. And, and and he got a big aha in his thing too, because I bet you all of us are frustrated sometimes with our, you know, people finishing our sentences, and um, and so. But what I got is I got a completely different understanding about myself, and this person I'm talking about, I got a understanding where there are more times than not that even though if I'm not correcting their sentences. I am very aggressively being first in line or, you know, just overbearing in other ways in their lives. And so it was very, very helpful to me to see the other side of them because I had a huge more understanding of myself. It was a very powerful um, experience. That just happened. Lori, would you say that that's um, been an, another example of you, it seemed like you were describing something similar to what you're taking offense from that that person was that you were doing the behaviors. I'm not quite sure how who's the he in this, but like is that your prayer partner and you had that your prayer partner saw something or the individual? Yeah, the prayer partner. Yeah, oh, the prayer partner. Okay. Okay. Just the prayer partner said, "Boy, that I have really seen a lot in this conversation." But when I had done the worksheet before, I had just kind of skimmed through. But we went through each sentence and turned it around. And so, you know, there, it, I was upset at over breakfast because so-and-so was uh, finishing my sentences and taking over the conversations. But then when I took over the conversations, I saw there were many, many times that I did the same thing that I was judging. I just did the same thing, not maybe, because I really, really like to listen to people. But, you know, I, I saw, I didn't, I want to say I saw guilt in myself, but I saw understanding so that it, 
it um, disappeared my frustration. So I was just wondering if, if we're frustrated. Do you do the work, Byron Katie, at all? Uh, Angela had shared a couple of questions for me to ask from Byron Katie that were very helpful. I, now, just to let you know, I'm the person that tries to finish everybody's sentences. I don't um, do it maliciously, but I, I truly have believed that I know what you're going to say. And I don't, it's not that I'm trying to finish your sentences. I, actually, what I do is I cut people off because I think I already know what you're saying. And then I'll pick it up. I'll pick up the thread and keep going. Some people have learned to just do the dance with me and other people are just like, Oh, stop. You know, so I, I'm trying to actually, what really has helped me more than anything is becoming a spiritual counselor because we must listen fiercely when we're counseling and, and you absolutely have nothing to add, nothing preplanned. It just isn't. So that's, I think that's going to be very eventually powerful for me. But what I noted is there's a real difference uh, when someone will compliment me, and they'll say, oh, you're such a good listener. And I'll say, that's spiritual counselor, Dina, but regular Dina really has some work to do. So I'm hoping I can combine those two somehow. I just get really excited or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I went back and even listened to one of our talks. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was last Saturday's community call, because I'm thinking, why? Why do I get my sentences always corrected? So I went back and saw that there's quite a bit of hesitation in all that I talk when I'm talking, especially if it's uh, spiritual or, um, in, you know, when it's dealing more deeply with my soul and not just like telling a story or reading a book. I can do that. But I hesitate. And I was thinking, does the hesitation bring on somebody feeling like they have to rescue me to finish my sentences. And so I was taking ownership of why, well, possibly why um, somebody would think that they would have to finish my sentences. But I just, what we did, uh, my prayer partner, he finished the communication uh, of our prayer session with Holy Spirit, please help us all to listen more carefully. And so he shared it with everybody. And I just thought, yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's just a reminder of how nice it is to be listened to all the way through. So, but that was. Yeah, and, and I can tell you also, cause I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I do that too. Um, I probably do all that. But if I did that to you, it would be, I would be trying to be helpful to you. I would, again, I wouldn't mean any malice by it. So. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. But thanks for showing the other side how irritating it can be. <laughs> it, well, I've just asked that person before. I've asked and I've told them, I feel like an idiot inside. I mean, this is my judgment for me. And over the last course of a couple of years of job experiences, I really have had a self-esteem problem where I didn't trust what I was thinking. So I became a lot slower speaker and thinking more like I really don't want to offend anybody and I don't want it to be, you know, and it has really stopped me from my self-expression. So when somebody puts in their two cents, I'm like, I already am feeling like I can't get it out. Give me time to get it out so that I can feel more confident about what I'm saying. So that's kind of my where I've been going through the 
that, you know, because this person, when I talked to them about it, they said, I don't have that problem. You can correct me any moment, anytime. I don't have that problem. But again, they don't have my past job experiences and my, you know, questioning things, you know. So I do have, um, I do have things that my brain wraps around and tries to attack me, that ego. Yeah, I can really super identify with what you're saying. I have, I, it's partially because I'm extroverted and, all, and intuitive, all kinds of things. But so I've, I've had over the past two months, just an incredible issue with another person. We did work through it, but in the, in the working through of it, um, Angela helped me to put together some questions for myself because I too would, well, what I would start feeling is self-hatred. You know, and I would start getting the impression of myself talking too much or just, you know, maybe not being as, well, really it's about talking too much, I think, more and just it's not good to be excited. It's not good to be, you know, those are the kind of things. So she had me, and I would actually go into a, a traumatic response, you know, when, it, when I would feel that was being sent back to me, like it's not, a question would come in or I'd be like, oh, it's not good to be me. And I would get like a post-traumatic kind of thing. So she said to me, what, to, as she said it was Byron Katie, what is it about this situation, comment, whatever, that's, that you would run from so that you would never have to feel it again? And then once that, and then, so that really spoke perfectly to this idea of this, I mean, my whole body would start shaking my, you know, and I would just, I couldn't think, I know it was an adrenaline, it must have been an adrenaline thing, you know, trying to make me I was running, but sitting, sitting and running in my head with my chemicals. And then she said, once you kind of, you know, get yourself to that question, then you could say, I am willing to feel. So I think in my case, it was, it's not good to be me. Like, it's not okay to be you. So I'm willing to feel the feeling that it's not okay to be me. And I guess in your case, what you said was maybe you weren't as secure in the knowledge of your information or your opinion or that kind of thing. And then, um, and then ask, asking yourself, you know, if you can calm yourself down, you know, what do you need? So in my case, I just need my higher parts of myself to say, yeah, you know, yeah, you're, you know, you, you got your work in progress, but boy, there are some cute things, you know, you've got some passion and, you know, and you're doing your spiritual work. So, you know, it's okay. It's all right. And then extend that compassion to the other person which I think is what Tracy was mentioning last community call about extending to yourself and to the other person. So that's working somewhat. I think I just, I think that I may, maybe I have a big ego or something like that. Like a, I don't know that I'm just going to really need to wrap my um, spirit around. <laughs> right. Right. Great. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I, I love that Byron Katie work. Uh, it, I think even more than um, that I'm willing to feel that uncomfortable feeling again, she actually having you say to yourself, I am sounds like such a implausible thing to look forward to. And but in that case, it might be, well, I'm looking forward to feeling like this again so that I can comfort myself and remind myself of 
what the truth is, you know. So working through those questions that she has, at first they feel like, oh no, this isn't right. And then you, if you sit with them for a while, you think, okay, maybe there's maybe maybe there's something for me to learn here. And it reminds me of that um, mirroring thing that Jennifer talked about last year, where when you when you see to come around to the beginning again with the error, right? When you, what you see in the other person, what you criticize in the other person is what you're judging in yourself. Right? Um, just love this discussion. Thank you so much. I'm, I feel like I'm learning a lot from, from what you're all sharing. So thank you. That mirroring judgment really makes me feel uncomfortable when I'm when it when I know that I'm just you know as I was talking about my brother as I'm sitting here thinking he's he's gonna take advantage he's gonna be a thief he's gonna <laughs> I'm just thinking where am I in this whole thing if this is my mirror whoo jeez <laughs> must have been an ex criminal somewhere because <laughs> I certainly am thinking that this is all, we got to be all protective about this. <laughs> I'm like trying to shake it off. Keep reading. I keep reading and I keep praying because I don't want it to surface and I don't want it to, to uh, come about. I want it to be a beautiful experience with us all. Rieko, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Good. Yeah, I was just um, thinking about how there's so much willingness in this conversation to, to see things differently. And I had an experience this week where I realized I noticed how when so I'm so we're either identifying with the ego or spirit in any given moment and when I'm identified with ego I can tell because as I'm speaking with the other person I notice myself seeing the other person either very like it could be very subtle but I'm seeing this person as either above me or below me and this is like so sneaky and so subtle but i'm either seeing this person as someone who's like so amazing and like so cool like why am i not like her or him or i'm like this person's like a little i think this person needs a little help like <laughs> and the it can be so subtle but there's this sense of like uh separation um and and if I really just look into that, it's just, it's really painful to just feel separate from another person. It, it's just any sense of separation is so painful. And that pain, that discomfort, that divine alarm clock is what reminds us to see differently, to choose again, to say, like Ronnie said, let it begin with me, to, to do everything that um, all of you have been sharing today. And uh, because it's only when we're like aligned with spirit that we completely see the other person as the same as you, basically, that we have the 
we share the same interest of wanting to be loved, wanting to love, um, wanting to be ourselves, be free, be joyful, um, feel fulfilled. Like we, we want the exact same thing in our heart. And no matter how different you seem to be on the level of form for me, no matter how, how huge this disagreement in opinions seems to be, you're, I'm, I'm, I don't want to look at you as someone who's totally different from me, has nothing to do with me, has, you're responsible for all my problems, my discomfort in this moment. Like I, I just really, it really hurts to just see anyone that way. And it's not to say that I don't do it. It's like, I, I notice it's painful because I do do it. Right. And, um, and that's why everything that everyone here is doing is so valuable because one of my favorite Course in Miracles quotes is, um, the holiest of all spots on earth is where an ancient hatred turns to present love. And um, so, Dina, I think your miracle's already underway because you're you're willing to see it differently. Yeah, I remember. I, was, I remember you posted something about that, and I had a a video at that time, and I forgot to. I didn't was not able to bring it to show it to you about the. Vietnam vet who went back to Vietnam and they did a, like a peace project there and this friend's brother was in it and that, that Course in Miracles quote came up because they met in some some place with a fierce battle and they all and these these gentlemen went back and this may have been like the 80s I'm not quite sure and they went to like a um, an orphanage and, and helped and they shook hands with some of the people that were soldiers on the other you know, on the, on the other side. And it was, um, it, it struck me so much. It just, it was such a beautiful idea, but we can also bring that, like I could, I could do that in my office as well with, you know, the them or us, you know, these, this, this feeling that we're somehow enemies or separated into, and that's, that's sacred ground right there to bring that together. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. I wanted to share um, a passage from A Course in Miracles that's so related to what we're talking about today and ties in really nicely with what Rieko just shared. And, um, and it's something that helps me every day. It's one of the ones that's kind of on my mind that helps me. But when I'm in those moments, Rieko noticing whether I'm identified with ego or spirit and, and this passage really talks about how when we identify, when I identify myself with ego, um, I am attacking myself. And then I will project that out onto the world and see the attack coming from the world. But the, the mistake I've really made is I've identified myself with ego. And so I'll read the passage because I find it um, helps me a lot. Um, so it says to identify with the ego is to attack yourself and make yourself poor. That is why everyone who identifies with the ego feels deprived. What he experiences then is what he experiences then is depression or anger. But what he did was to exchange self-love for self-hate making him afraid of himself. 
this helps me so much when I'm feeling threatened by something out there. Um, the forms it's taking in my life, I'm well aware of. <laughs> but that's when I'm in ego. And then when I can shift into spirit and kind of like what Ronnie has shared, you know, when she's able to say a prayer and go into any situation and Claire from spirit, those were beautiful shares. Thank you so much. Um, then, then, then I'm not projecting out that I've attacked myself and there's nothing to fear and there is no fear. So anyway, I'm so grateful to be part of our, our group of people who are willing and trying to learn how to identify ourselves with the truth of who we are and see each other that way. I feel like this time is a time for us to be practicing that. And, um, and so there's one other passage. I just felt like I read this last night and I thought, oh, I think I want to share this with the group tomorrow. Um, so this one says, how beautiful indeed are the thoughts of God who live in his light. Your worth is beyond perception because it is beyond doubt. Do not perceive yourself in different lights. Know yourself in the one light where the miracle that is you is perfectly clear. Isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful. Somebody should write a song, I think. Do you have a, um, can you give us a passage or a chapter? Yeah, sure. On this last one, Dina? Yes, please. Well, both, really. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure this is the, um, the FIP version, I think. Um, because, you know, the references are different. <laughs> different versions. Uh, three, five, so three V, ten, six through nine. That was the last one that I read. It's not going to be the same, Lori, in that one. I, I haven't, this was from before that, the version you have, the new one is written. So I don't have a pile of cards on that one yet. <laughs> these, are, these are old cards. And the other one I read about identifying with the ego, that was um, 12, 3, 6, 1 through 3. But I kind of do what Rieko's describing that you're doing. It's just noticing, oh my gosh, here I am again. I'm in this feeling of fear or dread or heaviness. And I think, woof, you know, I've slipped back into the ego identification. And let's um, reorient myself here. I don't want to be here. And I know that this is not God's will for me to be feeling these feelings. God's will for me is to feel joy and love and happiness and peace. And I can choose that and ask for heavenly support to remember who I am. And um, sometimes that's easier for me. I, I, I personally find it, it's still harder for me when I'm tireder, but um, I'm, I'm trying to... Um, not believe that limiting belief because I know that it doesn't have to be. It's just one of the ones I'm buying into still. But I'm, I'm, I'm really this week. Really, just yesterday, I was starting to do something where I'll say, "Oh no, ego, I'm sorry, you're wrong. 
<laughs> you're just wrong. Um, you're, you're mistaken about me. I'm not like that. Or you're mistaken about whoever it happens to be I'm thinking about. I'm sorry. But no, no, you're just, you're, you're kind of messed up on that. Let me tell you, I'll set you straight. And this is how it is. And I kind of liked it because it was kind of lighthearted. This kind of help feels like angel help to me. Whenever it's kind of lighthearted, I, I think it's the angels helping me. And so I've just kind of started a little dialogue and it kind of goes on a lot during the day because I notice it pretty frequently. I'm like, nope, you're, you're, you're wrong. I, I'm, I, I, I'm just not buying your point of view anymore. I know I believed you for a really long time, but you know, I'm getting really clear and I do not agree with you at all. And, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to keep listening to you anymore, you know, and it's kind of a lighthearted level, which helps me. So anyway, that's all. Awesome. I wanted to show you, I joined the group. See what color this is? Purple. Dina. Purple. It's a new book holder. I was having a hard time holding my books. And I have been reading The Violet Flame, so I picked up this book holder, and I make, made sure that it was uh, purple. And, but I am understanding The Violet Flame a little bit better, and I read, I've been reading the prayers. So I, I like it. I love it. You know, the fifth dimension coming in, asking it to come in. I like the extra help. <laughs> so thank you for your beautiful shares on purple and Tracy I like that talking to your ego like that too that's really really we've got to do that and this is this one is thing one. that we need to be aware of is when we identify our a problem out there like Dina your problem at work right now you're just you're when you put it out there I just really feel like it's the place to heal from if we don't put it out there, then there's, you know, we don't know where to start. And then the ego can take over and do all kinds of things. So I appreciate you putting that on the altar today and sharing that with us. I know that when you get retired, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter, all that stuff. And it's, I mean, as I look back, I mean, all the things I went through, it just has uh, no sense, but you can actually see it better. I can see my career better looking backwards, thinking how much easier it would be if I would have done it spiritually. Yeah. Okay. I just want to add real quick, I also tell my ego that I know it's not real. It's just an idea I made up. And, and that, that therefore I have the power over it because <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> uh, and, and, um, and just a prayer request. I just want, yeah, the puppet idea. Yeah, Carol, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm really realizing the power of this as I'm in my family situation that you guys don't know all the details of, cause it's just too much to tell, but basically I can really see um, how the, involved parties all have our story of course i know mine the best but i i can see some of theirs where we both we all have varying parts where we think we're the victims but then if you look closely we're also all on the other side too in terms of ego and uh 
ego-based way of thinking about it all. And, um, and, and so I'm really working with what Jennifer suggests that we all think about, which is I am here to be truly helpful. And some of these kind of passages so that I can stay in um, identification with spirit and be able to do like what Ronnie and Claire have shared. Um, and, and I just would appreciate, you know, I, I, I pray for all of us along these lines. So maybe some of you do too, but anyway, pray for me and all of us, uh, but that I can, um, it's really wonderful when I am in the space of knowing I'm in my family to be the fulcrum point for healing and trusting spirit. And I'm out of the, out of the um, place of identifying with ego and, and the fear. And I'm realizing that, you know, spirit is um, working healing work in all of us together. And, um, so that I can stay in that state, um, which is where I can hear the guidance the best and listen. So, so some of you who, Ronnie and Claire, have had more direct experiences of doing that, please pray for me that I'll be able to do that in the moments when it's you know, necessary and called upon me to do that. Thank you. Tracy, I just, the thought came to me when you were making your prayer request that as soon as we express these requests for prayer, it's already done. You know, that's the, I will keep you in, in my prayers. And, but I, I just feel like you, you've done it by, by saying that, by expressing that, that desire. Bless you. I have to I have to jump off. I love you all. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful call. See you next Bye, time. Bye. So since she just <laughs> said that, I'd like to add something. I wasn't gonna my my ego was telling me, Oh, you don't need to say that. No, no, don't, don't bring that one out. But since she just distinctly said that once it's said, the healing begins. So um uh, if if anybody does if you don't mind adding my son into for prayers, he's really at a crossroads in his life, trying to figure things out. Um, I believe heavily self-medicating. We, we've had the conversations on backing away from my, any part that I play in enabling it. And um, I'm ready to accept just allowing him to do whatever has to happen for his healing. So prayers for that. I would truly appreciate that. I have to go too. I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye, Carol. Thank you. Dina, would you would like you to like play us out? Yes, I could do that. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. I just got um, voluntold is what they say at work. You've been voluntold for that. <laughs>
but I'll do it gladly. I just want to apologize. I volunteered Rieko last week. I don't know if that was cool or not. But <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it on Dina. Now, to Dina so. I get to oh, so I get to do it next time. I get it. Like a hot potato. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Taking this breath of love, of healing, of being able to be vulnerable and not knowing if it's if we're being vulnerable with our ego or with spirit, but not but not letting that be the important part of it, just that we are and that the group, our group will guide us and help us to see, um, which it is. We can tell as we're, as we're talking, as our bodies react. And we uh, we're so grateful and thankful to have this time each and every week to come together and heal and grow and tell our stories of our week and be guided and to, to a higher plane and to make sure we're on the correct trajectory so that we don't get off to the left when we meant to go right. Um, I'm truly grateful. And I hope that uh, I'm praying that playing small is in the past and ex true expansion is there for all of us as we go forward. And um, ask to share, uh, let's see, I'd like to throw in there, let's see, prayers for Tracy's family as she goes through um, her situation, may she may it already be healed. Just let it be healed now. And the rest is just in the details. And for everyone that has any um, prayer that they're holding in their heart that maybe they haven't spoken here, that that be thrown in for healing and that it's already done. We're so grateful and thankful for that and share all the benefits with everyone. And so it is, amen. Mm. I wanted to add one more thing about what Tracy was saying, because we're doing the same thing with inheritance over on my side of the world. Um, but my brother this weekend said, he looks at my sister and I, and he says, what's the deal with the curly hair? And we laughed and we said, why? And he said, I don't understand why you guys keep getting perms. And we've, you know, known this little kid for 55 years. And this is, we hate, I mean, this natural curl. And Tracy, you look like you have natural curl, Ronnie. And, and to think that you know somebody. And to think that they know you. And they don't even know that you have natural curly hair is pretty ironic to thinking about how we assume that we know people. But it was, I just laughed and laughed and laughed and thinking that my brother didn't even know that I had curly hair because he was thinking that, you know, that way. But it's all about, it's, I feel like the intentions, that's why it's so important for us to catch what ego is and what spirit is. Because spirit is not, a spirit is knowing that, that we're safe and secure. And ego is judging that we're spending too much money on perms. You know, does that make sense? I was just a just a thought that I'd share with all of us is that we think we know our brothers and sisters, we really don't. And we just need maybe that could be part of our prayer request is just really hearing and loving our brothers and sisters around the world, all of us too. So, I love you guys. Thank you. Bye. Have a great week, everybody. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.